Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by Rabbi Adam Klickfeld. Let's first look at the verse on, on, on the simplest level. And if you came in late, what we're looking at is verse 22 of chapter 25. And we're trying to understand, and those of you in my Rashi class know that we do this all the time. It's a different thing when studying particularly biblical text to know what the words mean on the one hand than knowing what the verse means, right? I suppose that's the case in any language. If you're studying, you know, Shakespeare sonnets or, 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 or any poetry uh, or anything where the, um, the inferences are subtle or complex, knowing the definition of a word is not the same thing as knowing the intent of the writing itself, right? Um, so, and that's, that's the source of all Midrash, right? The rabbis knew and knew that they knew what the words meant, and they assumed that we knew what the words meant but they were trying to imagine what else is going on in the verse beyond the simplest understanding. Here, we're just looking at the simple understanding. I'm not, I don't want to get to Drash yet. Just shot. What is going on? Something like the boys were, um, were scuffling. Some people read this from the word rots. They were running. They were, they were, she experienced it as if their legs were running constantly in her, in her womb, literally within her, but in her womb. Tomer in Cain. And so she said, "Im Kane, if the, if yes, if this is the case, if this is my reality, Lama ze Anochi, literally those words would mean, "Why this I?" But clearly that doesn't make any sense. Something like, "Why am I here? Why do I exist?" Right? The way it's translated in the JPS is, "Why do I exist?" And her response to this internal question, a question that seems almost like a, a, um, a rhetorical question in response to travail. Vatelech, we know what that word means. She went, lidrosh, to seek, to inquire, to ask, et Adonai. She, she sought to inquire either with God, because again, biblical Hebrew, et can mean with, or she, she sought to inquire of God, almost using that as a direct object. She inquired God. She made an inquiry of God. So let's pause for a second. Before we look at um, any commentaries, we'll throw out some possibilities for what those words might mean, I'll, I'll say in situ. Like, like, given those words right there, what could it mean? What, what, what hints are there in the story that tell us what we think is happening when the Torah says that she went to Lidrosh at Adonai? Who has some thoughts? Rachel, yes. Can't hear you yet. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) She wanted to say, is there a purpose to this extremely uncomfortable pregnancy? Here I am in such pain that, uh, that, I'm wondering why do I have to do this? Like, mm-hmm. what's the what's the greater purpose to my um, to the discomfort I'm experiencing? Okay, so you're going to read Lidrosh. She's trying to find something out, but what she's trying to find out in this inquiry is is, is kind of a, a, a grand answer. 
to, to why this is all happening, right? And she, she can't find that answer from within, so she has to go find it from without, and where she goes is to God. Okay, that's one possibility. And she's looking for, in, the, in this way of reading it, the lidros, the seeking out, is seeking out something specific, some kind of an answer. I don't want to put words into your mouth, but I, I think that's what I heard you say. Someone else, what else, given the context, given what comes next in the story, or what comes next in the story, she gets a response, Vayobar Adonai. God said to her, La. God says, There are two nations in your belly. And two, also nations, these are uh, synonyms. Will come forth from your innards. One of them will be stronger than the other. That's its own uh, rabbit hole we're not going to go down. Either the younger will serve the older or the older will serve the younger, depending on which way you read those three words. So the, in, on some level, um, and this may even be what you intended, Rachel, the story bears out your reading of it, right? Since what she gets in response to this drisha is some kind of prophecy, right? Then perhaps that's what she was looking for. She was looking for an answer for how this is all going to work out. Who else? How else can we, can we possibly do this? Larry? Okay. So first I have a I think a simpler explanation as to what she's asking. And that's that it says we're told once again that, that she was sterile. So she couldn't have any children. So we presume that they were trying to have children for a long time. All right. Isaac pleaded with God and she became pregnant. And she's simply saying, wow, if it's this painful, why, why did I want to go through this to begin with? Uh-huh. So that's the Peshat, which we don't even mention which I assume is something that a lot of women feel during the pregnancy. Who knew it was this hard? But my other question, my, my other approach, which is more in response to yours, is to try to understand what the imkain, um, sorry, imkain lamazanochi. So you can look at that in two, in, in two different ways. Um, it's translated in altar as, um, she said, then why me? So the focus is on me. Hmm. All right? Not what's happening, but why am I the one that's chosen for whatever it is that this is happening? Mm-hmm. All right. But then um, Aria Kaplan says, why is this happening to me? In which case you could always, you can, you can say, why is this happening to me? Which is focusing on what's going on, the struggle that maybe she foresees that, in fact, she knows she's having twins and she foresees that there's a struggle. Why, why, why what, what does this mean? What's, this, what's happening that's happening to me as opposed to why it's happening to me? Given what comes afterwards, I'm pretty sure she's focusing on the, the, the struggle itself and not on her role um, in that particular str- struggle. But she goes to get you the Lidroches. Um, she went to seek a message from God, according to uh, according to Kaplan, whereas Alter Alter just says she went to inquire of the Lord. So he still leaves it open as to what it is she's inquiring. I think that Arya Kaplan is, is is pointing to the fact that there's a message about what's to come. Good. So um, we're going to come back to that in a second after what after I hear um, what Alan said. But just just to linger. This may be just not only a subtlety, but a subtlety of subtleties, but I'm going to telegraph this a little bit. This subtlety of subtleties and the differences between how we understand to inquire versus to uh, get a message 
we're still struggling with that, I believe, when it comes to our own prayer, right? And if, we're, if we ever see ourselves in a position like Rivka does, where we, we are going, to seek out God, it's really important for us to at least know, are we going in the direction of asking for, um, to, 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 get, to get a particular message, or are we going for an open-ended inquiry, right? So the two, the, the two ways that uh, Larry laid this out, and we're going to look at similar commentators from the medieval era, puts out two different understandings as to what does it mean to place yourself before God, right? What, is, uh, what does it mean to place yourself before the kotel? Or what does it mean to be in a prayerful moment? Are you, are you hoping for an answer? Or is the inquiry itself the, 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 the force of the prayer? Alan? There you go. Okay. Um, what you said is exactly where I was going in terms of praying. And what Larry was saying, why, the text says, why do I exist? At that particular point, he said, why do I exist? God. Help me, why? It's a sense of a, of a prayer to God to be able to find out. You, know, you may not even need a specific answer. It's when I say, looking for some sense. Why am I here? How can I be doing this? What's my purpose here? Right, right. And again, let's linger on that and, and think of this both from the perspective of the biblical story, but your, but your own story. The moment you had about nine minutes ago is the, is the prayer experience... The, the 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 person's articulating the prayers and the deep thoughts, or is the prayer experience the gap in between when that is offered and if and when any response comes? Right, Heschel would say that the biggest disappointment we have in prayer is assuming that it's the latter category. The biggest problem we have in prayer is our assuming that our um, that our prayer is the beginning of the conversation. And therefore, we're waiting for the answer to come from the Holy One. Heschel would say, our prayer is the conversation. Or he would say it even differently. Don't think of prayer as the question. Prayer is the answer. Even if your prayer includes a question, like the, 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 uh, the Shemona Esrei, the weekday Amidah, which Shabbat specifically does not do, is filled with requests, bakashot. It looks like it says we're asking God for things. But Heschel would, Heschel would say even there, don't read that as a question to which we expect an answer or a request to which we expect a response. That is the experience of prayer itself, to articulate that. If prayer is not the question, it's the answer, Heschel would say, the question happened at Sinai. The question was when God said to the Jewish people, will you be in relationship with me? And prayer is the answer we give over and over and over again. Yes, I will be. Yes, I will be, even if the language of this prayer is a request. The focus is not the request. The focus is that I'm standing here in front of the Holy One, connecting my life to your grand reality. Now, how do we, how do we read all that back into Rivka, who, you know, who, who, who's an archetype, right? And, and, and are we, is this emerging organically from how the rabbis read this moment in the story? Um, or does the story lend itself to simply two different understandings of as to what prayer is, and we're still stuck in that dichotomy? Look at the, the source sheet, if you have it. I'll, I'll read it each. I'll read each one out, but if you have it, it's great. So the first is Rashi on this verse. I almost always begin with Rashi. Um, j- just e- even if his Rashi's read is not the one I prefer, I like establishing it as a baseline. 
Vatelech on the phrase, and she went to go seek. Rashi says, Levate midrasho shall shame. This is kind of a, um, an inscrutable line here. Um, first of all, Rashi is focused on the word Vatelech. Right? We've been focusing on the verb lidrosh to seek. Rashi wants to know why there's a going here. Vatelech suggests movement. It means she went somewhere. Where did she go? It's not only what did she do, that's Lijosh, but where did she go? She went to a building. And what building did she go to? Suspend your disbelief for a moment. She went to the Beit Midrash, the yeshiva of that era. And what was the yeshiva of that era? This anachronistic but lovely image. That shame, shame who um, um, was one of the sons of Noach, shame, Cham, Beyafet. There's a Midrashic idea that comes up over and over again that shame and Ever, one of his descendants, Ever, who is the, um, the, the, the name from which we get Ivri or Hebrew, that they founded a yeshiva. They founded a, a, a pre-Sinai, a pre-Moses, a pre-Revelation yeshiva. And as it were, in that yeshiva, you could study all the great works, even, even, the, even, the, medieval, even the medieval works. So Rashi says, where did she go? She went to the place that you would go where, again, as it were, Torah study was taking place. So what did she intend to do there? If she went somewhere, what did she intend to do there? She agila, that someone would tell her. Matiyebasofa. What's going to happen at her end? It's an interesting phrase. Ma tehei bisofa. What would happen at her end? Does this mean what would happen at the end of her pregnancy? How's it all going to work out? Is this a grander question? What, what, what's the purpose of her existence, given how distressing her pregnancy is? It almost doesn't matter for our purposes what, how to read ma tehei sofa. What's going on here, Rashi, is that she went for an answer. She went for an answer. And believe it or not, she went for an answer not from God. Even though it says Lijosh and Adonai, Rashi says, no, she went. It's like, you know, if, if you, you, go to, you go to shul to talk to God, but really you're going to a, you're going to a building. You're going, you're, going to, you're going to an experience. And she, and she expected or hoped that someone there, someone that yeshiva, would give her an answer. This is based on a midrash from Breshit Rabbah. It's the next source. Breshit Rabbah, uh, the classic Agadic midrash on the book of Genesis, section 63. She went to uh, ask of God. And the Midrash asked a question. Were there shuls at that time? The Midrash asked. The Midrash is with us in the incredulity. What do you mean she went? Where did she go? Did she go to shul? There were no shuls then. Rather, she didn't go to shul, per se, the way we think of it, to daven. She went to the study hall, shall shame the ever, this is the two of them, the study hall that was founded by Shem, Noach's son, and Ever, another descendant. What this comes to teach you is, anybody who kind of honorably accepts the face, honorably um, presents himself or herself in the presence of an elder, to ask for wisdom, it's as if you are receiving the face of the Holy One. So there are two moves here. The first move is, where did she go? She didn't go to, to Davin at Shul. She went to a building to find a guy who would give her an answer as to her situation. And therefore, how do we res- the second move is, how do we resolve the phrase, she didn't seek out God. She sought out a person. It means that if you go to a sage or an oracle, or a prophet to find information and you, and you uh, hold yourself in a certain way in that moment, it's as if you're actually in God's presence itself. So it's okay to say about her that even though she wasn't going to Davin, 
She was just, just going for an answer. Magic eight ball, right? This is Rivka going to the magic eight ball of our childhood, or at least my childhood. You shake it up and you see what the answer is. Okay, turn to the next source. Ramban. Ramban lives um, after Rashi. And one of the things that he um, likes to do very frequently with respect, I'd like to think, is to quote Rashi and tell us why Rashi is wrong. So this is how Ram, Ramban, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, answers this. She went to seek out God. Rashi, what Rashi says is, So she could find an answer to something. So she could find out what would happen at the end of this experience or what happened at the end of her life. And Ramban says, I have no association with this concept of seeking out Drisha. Etzel Hashem, with respect to God, how could this mean anything else but prayer? You, Rashi, are saying that God in this verse doesn't mean God. God in this verse <coughs> means a prophetic oracle. No. If you have Lidrosh et Adonai, a seeking out of God, that's prayer. And I would say that's maybe a Heshelian form of prayer, where you're not looking for an answer, you're just opening yourself up to the Holy One. Kitam, like we have in the following three verses. We have from the book of Tehillim, chapter 34, Darashti et Adonai v'aneni. I sought out God, and God responded to me. Ramban says, that's not hidden. Whoever is writing that in the verse of, of, of uh, the book of Psalms is not going to a prophet. It's going directly to God to seek out God and experiencing God as having answered you. Or in the book of Amos, Dirshuni v'chyu. Seek me out, the Amos says in God's name, and therefore you will live. If you seek out me, if you seek me out in a relationship, if you come towards me in prayer, you will have a spiritual life. And by implication, if you don't, you won't. Finally, from the book of Yechezkel, Ezekiel, Chayani im idaresh lechem. This is interesting. This is a negative example. This is Ramban quoting Ezekiel, Ezekiel speaking in God's name, saying in this situation, as I live, meaning as I, God, live, I'm not going to respond to you. But it's, it's a proof text saying that this phrase, and um, with respect to God, is indeed prayer, even though in this particular situation, Ezekiel is, being, is quoting God as saying, I'm not going to respond to you. So Rashi says, if we go back to the two positions that Larry laid out, I forgot which one was Kaplan and which one was the other one, but Rashi is saying what, what Rivka is, here, is going for here is an answer from a person who might have a special understanding of how things are going to work out with divine inspiration. And Rabban is saying, no, she went to Davin. She went to pour out her heart to the creator of the universe and in that way live more fully and more spiritually, irrespective of the answer. Rashi seems to say that verse 23, the next verse, tells us what verse 22 meant. She got an answer. That means she was looking for an answer. Ramban says no. Verse 23 happens to be what comes next, but that's not what her experience was in, the, in verse 22. Her experience in verse 22 was to dive into the Holy One. She also, in the course of this moment, seemed to get a prophecy as to what was going to come next. Okay, let me pause here for a second um, and ask this question and ask it on two levels. Either based on your on, on, on what seems to you to come out of the text or 
your understanding in your own spiritual life as to what it, what it means to lead Rosh at night to seek out God, which side do you fall on, Rashi or Ramban? She was going to find out information um, in kind of an oracular way, or she was going to pray. And understand that in that sentence, to pray doesn't mean to go out and seek oracular information. To pray means something different than that. Larry? Well, for me, it's obviously to pray, but I'll, only, I'll, I'll, I'll quote Harry Chapin. It's got to be the going, not the getting there that's good. The going is the praying. The answer uh-huh. is the getting there. Good. Someone else? Thank you for resurrecting Harry. Yes. Go ahead, um, Joanna. Um, it's interesting that Larry just said that because a thought started percolating in my mind um, when um, uh, Larry made reference before to some sense of Rivka foretelling what was going to happen. And it got me to another meaning of the Shoresh, which I believe is that the Shoresh can also mean a requirement or require. That So she had some sense of, um, between having a prophetic sense about her, and I feel like what the verse is telling us is that what was going on in her belly was just not, even for a twin pregnancy, the normal thing that would happen in a twin pregnancy. She had some sense that there was something unique or extraordinary about to happen, and she was going to ask, you know, what are the requirements now? What's required of her? Hmm. Mm, lovely. Yes, certainly um, as the as the Shoresh develops, and particularly in modern Hebrew, like Madarush Alai could be understood as what, what am I obligated to do? What is requested of me? Right? So she's she's trying to understand what 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 will, what will she'll be called upon to do uh, in response to how this pregnancy is developing inside of her. Great. Um, any other response to that question, Brant? And then Ronen? I was saying to I don't I was saying that um, uh, to me it's the answer is more significant than the question. What I mean by that is is that it doesn't say whether she's satisfied by that answer. In other words, she's told that it's not an ordinary pregnancy. Hell, you're going to give birth to two nations, and these nations are going to fight with each other for the rest of their you know the rest of their existence. Well, that's pretty heavy stuff. Most people just have children. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that that question is interesting, but more interesting is the answer. She's told that she's bearing this awesome responsibility, and then we don't really hear much after that. That's that's, that's what I'm focusing on. The answer is, I think, much more significant than the question. Yes, and I think that part of what you said drives the Rashi interpretation of this from the fact that the Torah says that the response to her seeking out God is that she gets very specific interesting, troubling, complicated information that suggests that what she was doing in verse 22 was actually looking for something like that. And therefore, Ramban is reading, Ramban is reading closer to perhaps to what the verb Lidroshadadarnai means, but he's reading counter context because the context seems to say that she was looking for specific information. Ramban says, no, I want to read Lidroshit Adonai simply to mean someone who pours out his or her soul to the Holy One. Um, Ronen. 
<clears throat> I, um, just to build on what Joanna said a little bit, I'm wondering if there's if there's a bit of a in between here somewhere that I keep on thinking of of chuva and like the idea that maybe she feels because there's she's there's an extraordinary discomfort and extraordinary pain that that it, it, there's something that she needs to repent for that there's something in the past that she hasn't addressed and to me that feels like in kind of an in between territory between yeah. these two sides that you brought up that she, that she's searching for some insight for what for what's incumbent up upon her uh, yeah. to do in this situation yeah it, yeah i mean i coming, but specifically in a repentant way yeah um putting my own cards on the table th- that to me is a much more um useful an apt way of understanding our own prayer, right? That going, going back to Heschel's critique of the modern notion that prayer means I ask God a question, I wait for an answer. If, if, I'm, if I'm saying words from the tradition, even words that seem like a request, it may be that the highest purpose for me as the penitent in that moment is to figure out something in me that needs to change, not to figure out what, information I'm getting from God in the exchange, right? Um, and, uh, and, I, and I think that's always present in a prayer moment, even if, whether it's a prayer like which we'll say in a few moments, like asking God for forgiveness, or if it's just our engaging in the spiritual act of laying ourselves open before the Holy One, it's really trying to reveal something about us to ourselves and not necessarily waiting to hear a specific answer from God I think, or at least that's that that's 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 my, that's my experience of when when prayer can be most effective. We're, when we're searching for something inside us that needs to to evolve or to change. Um, I want to get. There were two comments of the Hanek Davar, who was the, uh, written by the Netziv, Rabbi Naftali Tzvi Yehuda Berlin, who weighs in on this. Um, I don't know if we have time for two, so let me jump to. Well, let me do. Let me actually let me do them quickly. So um, the Netziv who lived in the late 19th, early 20th century. Actually, he may have died before the, the turn of the 20th century. Um, and one, is the, one of the great Lithuanian um, um, rabbinic masters. He points us to a verse in the book of Exodus, chapter 18, Parshat Yitro, where we have a similar use of phrase. Vayomer, so chapter 18 of Exodus, verse 15. Vayomer Moshe lechodno. Moses said to his father-in-law, Yitro, this is when Moshe is about to get some counsel from Yitro on how to delegate responsibility. He kind of complains to his father-in-law, the people keep coming to me, Elohim, to search out God. It's such an interesting phrase. Remember how Rashi read the first one. She went to, a, she went to, seek, to seek out God, but she, but she really went to a Beit Midrash to, to seek insight from Shaman and Ever. So here, similar language, that they come to me to seek out God. They come to me to seek out God. What does that mean? Hamektavar says, this is the Natsiv, Kiavo, Eli, etc. Yafe Peresh Haramban. The second commentary read, we read above, or the author of it, um, interpreted it properly, Shehishiv Moshe, because Moshe in the scene responds, Ki shlosha asakim no telalav. It's, I don't want to go into the great detail, but the fact that there are three different types of matters that were 
placed on Moshe's shoulders and he felt burdened by it. And so Ramban is, is interpreting it correctly, according to the Nitziv, that what does it mean to come to Moshe to seek out God? It means to come to Moshe to seek answers to kind of really important questions that we throw at the divine, but it's to come to get answers from a person. But that which the Ramban interpreted in our verse, the verse that we started looking at, that the meaning of seeking out God is prayer, meaning the Netziv is saying how the Ramban um, interpreted our verse, he does not like. How he interpreted this verse in the book of Exodus, he did. Enoken, that's not how we should read it. Ella kemoshekatafti, rather it should be as I, this is the Netziv referring to himself, as I wrote Besefer Breshit, in the book of Breshit, Kafhei Kafbet, chapter 25, verse 22, which is our verse. She'eno elo she'ela, that all this is is a question, et pihanavi, asked from the mouth of the prophet, what will be the end of the matter? So in the book of Shemot, the Netziv quotes himself on our verse. Now let's see what he says on our verse. That's the last verse on the source sheet. She went to seek out God. So the Netziv weighs in against the Ramban here on Rashi's side, and not only Rashi, but his grandson, the Rashbam. Lish'ol etanavi to ask the prophet, Da'at Hashem, what's the will of God? What, 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 how does God expect this situation to turn out? And not like the Ramban, Zal, may his memory be a blessing, who understood it as tefillah. It's such an interesting distinction. The Netziv, who I'm sure davened all the time, says, does not mean prayer, like the Ramban says, it means to ask a prophet what the will of God is. So whichever one we think is happening in this verse, it's so interesting that he divides those two into two different things. It's a very different thing to ask someone to to whom you ascribe a certain prophetic knowledge what the will of God is. That's maybe like trying to understand what the world is. Maybe we understand that as philosophy or, or epistemology or, or existential ruminations, whatever that is, according to the Netziv, that's not davening. Rivka was doing that, according to the Netziv. She was, she was mystified. She was confused. She wanted answers. She, she tried to seek out what the world is all about. It's an important inquiry. That's not davening. Davening is something else. Umikan muchach, and this can be proven in our scene, gam ken hachi, in this exact space. Had she just been davening, she wouldn't have had to go to a different place. She could have, she could have davened right there. It's interesting how he phrases this. The prayer of, of Isaac, it says, not the prayer of Rivka. The prayer of Isaac could have been received right there. You can daven, you can daven the Amidah anywhere. But rather to seek out from a prophet, someone who could see, that which is obscured and hidden. I think that we delude ourselves into thinking that there is really any reliable source for the tr- type of Livdroshet Adonai that the Netziv says Rifka was doing which is not to say that I, I think we ought not to be 
trying to think about our world and trying to understand the supernal realms. But to expect answers from any prophet is probably fool's gold. And yet I do think that we are supposed to be living a life of tefillah, a life of prayer. And for me, it's helpful to be reminded. I'm reminded of when I read Heschel, I'm reminded of it when I pray, and I'm reminded of it in this exact reading, that every time I pray, I have to remind myself, whatever is going on here, it is not lidroshet Adonai. I think it's helpful to read against the Ramban. It's not to ask something specific of God. I can try to understand God's world as I study and as I ponder. But in the moment that I'm praying, I'm trying to expose myself, understand me, and present that in front of the Holy One. Another wonderful Heschelian quote that I like to use all the time, he said, prayer may not save us, but prayer may make us worth saving. It's a wonderful turn of phrase. Prayer is not a miraculous exchange where by the end of the Amidah, there's salvation. But prayer is an opportunity to go as deep as possible into ourselves so that in that mode, we might emerge as a being who's more worthy of salvation if salvation were to come. And that relies much more on our internal process than any answer we might get from Drisha at Adonai, seeking out God. So obviously I want us to be seeking out God. I want us to be seeking out um, the mysteries of the world. And I want us to be, as I said, spoke about on, on Yom Kippur, a curious ad nauseum. But somehow I want our curiosity to be replaced when we're in prayer just by wonder, just by awe, just by openness. And when we finish the Amidah, then we can come back to asking questions of the world and questions of God. Shabbat Shalom. And with that in mind, let's pray. And don't let me catch you asking questions of God while you're praying. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tba.org.